joining us on the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. We're sitting with one of my favorite realtors, Melissa Leifer. And Melissa is an extraordinary realtor. Um, she is so respected in this industry that literally probably 75% of her business is referred to her by realtors all over the country who know and admire her. And mm -hmm. uh, she's really, really smart and really special. And we're okay. privileged to have you on the, on the program. Thank you so much. That was so nice. I, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So, Melissa, you know, as we sit here in early 2023, the question mm -hmm. that I'm getting a lot is, is this a good time to buy real estate? What do you say? I say yes. I think it, when you can afford to buy it, it's always a good time. I think right now, though, is a really good time. You know, whenever there's instability with a market, um, not just real estate, but with other markets, um, an uncertainty in the world, you can get a lot of good deals. Um, I think right now, I think we're bottomed. I don't, I don't think that it's going to go much lower, especially not in New York. I think what's going to happen as we, as the months get warmer and warmer, there's a lot of people who have a lot of money who sold and got, who sold last year and they, they did really well. And now they want to spend it. You know, they're in a rental for a year and a half or a year. And they're ready to go. And there's still a lot of people who didn't buy last time around and they're ready and they need to buy. And my fear is that once it starts getting warmer and warmer, we're not going to have the inventory that we would normally have in the warmer months. There's going to be, so I think, a lot of people. Can you explain who, what, what you mean by inventory? Because some people. Yeah, new um, by, by, by apartments and houses coming on the market. I, I don't think that we're going to have as, I don't think there's going to be as many properties hitting the market as there normally would be. I think a lot of people who did buy last year, they can't, you know, the normal cycles of trading up or downsizing, I think, are going to take a bit of a pause because people have very low rates and they can't afford to upsize or if they it doesn't really make sense for them to downsize because they're going to be paying the same amount of money for a smaller space so i think people are going to make do with what they have longer until like they really can't um you know or if you know see what happens you know with rates but people who uh, you know, who, who got their property uh, a year or two ago and they have a rate that's like under 3%, you know, I don't foresee those people making the moves that they normally would have. Because there's so a I psychological barrier. Whether or not it makes well, sense for them to make the move, it's, but there's but a psychological barrier. It's it's both. It's both because honestly, right now it really doesn't financially make sense for people who have a rate that's like two point seven five. It doesn't make sense for you to, you know, I mean, like I know you might need to another bedroom because you had another baby, but like, you know, you could also kind of like figure it out in your current apartment and do it for like another two years to save more money. And I think we're gonna see more and more people doing that than being like, oh, great, let's just like sell this. And, you know, now we're going to upgrade and pay a lot more money. Mm. Um, 
you make those, a good point. You know, those, those people have, you know, they have a good apartment already or a good home that they purchased. You know, it's just like maybe they need a little bit more space. And I think what we'll see is people who have houses will just, you know, instead of moving, they'll add an addition to the house or, you know, they'll turn that walk-in closet into a nursery or an office and see if they can, you know, make it work for like another year or two. I think the fundamental issue you're raising is that many home buyers and many home sellers are driven by life events. So for example, mm -hmm. someone gets married, they were in a small mm -hmm. strata apartment. Now there are two people in a space that's too tight and then they have a baby. Mm -hmm. They've got to move. And, mm -hmm. um, and what I'm hearing you say, Melissa, is that some of those people will be coming on the market, in your opinion, later in the cycle, in June, July, August. And so the earlier you get into this market, the better off you are. Yeah. I, I mean, I had, um, I had a, a client of mine, they wanted a two-bedroom, two-bath, Upper East Side, uh, first-time buyers. And they were like, we don't, we're, 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 you know, we're just talking to you. And this was, this was in the winter, this was December. And they were like, you know, we just, we're not ready. We want to buy in March. That's when we're going to be ready. And I was like, okay, guys, let's just be open to this because your financial profile, it's strong, but you know, it's, you're going to be competing with people who are much, much stronger than you. And if you start to wait until March, you know, there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be a lot more competitive and there's not going to be as much inventory out there. So you could get stuck in bidding wars and you're not going to be like, you just, you're not going to be able to bid up that much because you just don't have it. And like, that's okay. That's, that's just the reality. However, if you are like, if you look right now, there's stuff that you like now, that's like, good i mean i'm i'm they and they ended up putting an offer in and now they're in contract and honestly they're in contract in a building um brand new renovated apartment they don't do anything to it two bedroom it's really a two and a half bedroom two bath hit everything doorman building i sold a smaller apartment in this same building that needed a full gut reno for a hundred thousand dollars more like four years ago mm. And this is like, this is a bigger apartment and it needs no work. They can just bring their toothbrush and move in. So those are the kind of things, like if you can do it now, I mean, I would, I would do it now. I wouldn't wait, you know? I had another person, um, it was, they weren't my, I, I was the listing agent and they were the buyers. And, you know, they were really trying to get a really, really good deal. And, you know, I'm the mar it's changing. Like people are now like, they're putting offers in, they're ready to go. And, you know, they were slow with their offer. They were, they made a very low offer that was um, a little on the offensive side. And, you know, I feel like in December you could get away with that now. I don't think that you can. I mean, I'm sure there's pockets where you still can overall. I, I wouldn't suggest that if it's something that you do really want. They just went back and forth negotiating, you know, over little, little things, thinking that they could and they had time. And in the meantime, a cash buyer came in 
I told them, I'm like, listen, I have, we got a, like I told, we have a contract out. It's not signed. They're going back and forth. If you guys come in strong and you sign it by the end of the week, you win. And they really wanted it and they did it. And then buyer one was just like, wait, what, what? And they're, you know, they're like, well, we'll pay now. And then they offered to pay like crazy over the ask. Um, but it was kind of like too little too late. I mean, I had no faith based on what, based on our previous negotiations with them, I couldn't like go back to the seller and say like, yeah, they're going to pay more money now. So, and now everything is great because I, I mean, I feel like we could have sent a contract out and then, you know, something could have, you know, they could have changed their mind or had buyer's remorse. And then, you know, maybe they're financing. They could, all of a sudden they could magically not get financing, you know, so, meaning they tanked it. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. Let's talk about this a little bit more, if you will. Mm -hmm. What are the characteristics of a well-prepared buyer? Because you're saying that these people weren't well coached. So tell so I mean, they listen, they could have been well coached and they could have just been like, no, we're not listening to anything that we're not listening to our broker and anything that they're saying. We still want to do it our way. And their broker is their fiduciary. So they do have to present their like they do have to present that. Mm -hmm. um, if you are serious or you do want something, you really, you know, you need to have your financials clear. You need to know what you can afford. You need your pre-approval. It's got to be updated. You need in New York City, we use um, a revenue financial form that um, shows your assets, your debt, so we can make sure that your debt to income ratio is under thirty to twenty-eight percent. Sometimes got to be under twenty-five percent. So let's um, let's stop there can... and let's just explain that. What Melissa yeah. is talking about is particularly for co-ops, but sometimes for New York City condos as well. Doesn't apply if you're buying a one-family home, but if you're buying a co-op or a condo, they're going to want to see your financials before you close. And before you even enter a contract. Yeah. And the process is that you use a standard form so that's easy for the building board to review and the and the managing agents, mm -hmm. et cetera. And the, the, that form called the revenue form asks you to provide your income documentation or your income data, your assets, your obligations. Liabilities. And then the calculation that Melissa spoke of is called the debt to income ratio. So let's say, keep it simple, somebody's making $120,000 a year it's ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars a month, and let's yep. say they have a thousand dollars of debt a month, and let's say the unit will cost them two thousand a month just to keep it simple. So they're going to have yeah. three thousand dollars of monthly expenditures, ten thousand dollars of income. Their debt to income ratio will be thirty percent. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're a first-time buyer, you may not know about some of these things. And by right. the way, regardless of whether you're buying a co-op and condo and the board has to review this, or if you're buying any property, ultimately, you have to meet the smell test. You have to be able to qualify for the mortgage. And in this case, mm -hmm. if it's a co-op or a condo, you have to pass scrutiny. I'm sorry. So you were saying 
So get your revenue form all done. Get your pre-approved. Yeah. Make sure your money, you have, your money is here. It's in America. It's not in another country. Um, if you have assets that need to be liquidated, do that now so that they are liquid or they could be liquidated within 48 hours. So you're ready. So you can put down cash or you can show that you have cash if you're not financing and you have the money to buy the property. Okay, so um, let's let's break that down a little bit also. Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, at contract, so you, you go see your unit and it's a mm-hmm. million dollar unit, they're gonna mm-hmm. ask for 10% down. Right. right? So not five, and, it's ten. In New York City, it's ten. So if you're offering, if you're buying a million dollar apartment you need to have $100,000 available when you mm-hmm. sign the contract. And that's usually that is correct. days after you apply for, you, you make your offer. So that's you right. may have $2 million in stock, but mm-hmm. if you don't have $100,000 liquid, you're going to have a problem very quickly. You know, and if it is a stock account that you can liquidate in 48 hours, you're probably okay. Probably, but yeah. sometimes you might not be. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're probably okay. Um, you want you want to have your pre-approval ready. You should have your attorney info like ready. You should know who you want to use for your attorney. Um, otherwise, you need to make a decision very quickly because you want to show that you already you're, you're ready. And if you don't have an attorney, then it's like I don't know, are you really ready or not? And then in terms of negotiating. You know, you want to, um, you know, this is, it depends on how much you really like this place. And if you're going to live there for, you know, five years or 50 years, because if you're going to live there for 50 years and, you know, you feel like you're overpaying by $10,000 in 50 years, it's probably really not going to make a difference, but it might in five. Hmm. So that's something that you should think about. Um, you know, when you go ahead, did you, do you want to say something, David? No, no. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I so much agree with you. What I tell my clients is to think about it. Think about what happens if they lose. it. Right. You know, that was what I was going to say. How, how are you going to feel if you lose this? Are you, are you going to like be really crushed? Is this going to be very, are you going to be like, eh, whatever, I'll find another one. Or are you going to be like, oh my God, this is, this is it. Because if you are going to feel like that, like, oh, my God, this is it. I mean, this was my dream house. You know, you got to think, like, is it worth the extra, like, 10 or 20 or whatever thousands of dollars it is for you to be really, really happy? I can't answer that for you. Like, only, only you can answer that as the buyer. That's something that you really need to think about. I've had so many people who passed on, like, you know, they saw something great, like in the first week and, you know, and then, you know, two months later, like, oh my God, why didn't I just take that one? Why didn't I take that? Why didn't I do mm. that? Yeah. You know, I mean, be open to the possibility that like, you might really like something really, really quickly. It happens way more often than you think. And all of my new buyers, I, I like really prep them on that because I hate, I hate hate it more than anything when somebody says to me oh my god melissa why didn't i take that one because
because I don't know if another one's going to come up like it. Like we have no idea, especially now where I don't, I do not foresee that us getting a tremendous amount of inventory or lots and lots of new properties this spring and summer. I, not like I have, how it was last year. You know, I have a client in contract right now. And when they told me about the place, I, I really urged them to, to go for it because, yeah. because like in their conversation, they, it was clear that this checked the boxes that some of the other properties they saw did not. Yeah. And they were wavering a little bit. And, and it finally got, came down to, will something better come up in your time frame? You know, in 10 right. years, yeah, there may be a better property will come out at six months, a year, two right. years, three years. But God only knows. Do you want to wait though? You're right. in the market right now. Yeah. Right. And you can afford it right now. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to, you know, what is the price going to be like and who are you going to be competing with and what's the market going to be like then? Mm -hmm. You know, right now we're in like this weird little, I, I think we still have just not a lot, but I think there's a little bit of time left to really score a deal on something. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, and there's, there are still going to be pockets of the city where you're going to be able to get deals um, a bit longer that's a whole other discussion because some of those pockets, I still don't think it's worth buying in. Mm. So what, what, um, what areas of the city do you like? I, I mean, honestly, like most of them, I like a lot of areas of the city. I love, I love, I love the village East and West. I love the upper East. I love the upper West. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like, like Midtown. I love Midtown. Yeah. Yeah. I love, base. and I love my God. I mean, I could, we could spend like two hours for me telling you all of the neighborhoods in Brooklyn that I like. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd be really surprised by some of them like Bay Ridge. I love Bay Ridge. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's a super underrated neighborhood. I think you get really good deals there still. Mm -hmm. And I think that that neighborhood's only going to get better and better. Um, you don't have you know, to tell I like, me. I grew I, up in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn, so I, I, I know. My Brooklyn. whole family's from Brooklyn, too. Uh -huh. So, you know, I'm biased also. Um, but, you know, like, I also love, listen, like, I love East Williamsburg. I think it's super cool over there. I love that, you know, and that's really interesting. I love Park Slope. I love all the little neighborhoods of Park Slope, South Slope. I like Kiwanis. I like uh, Greenwood. Love Greenwood. Sunset Park. Um, Prospect Lefferts Gardens. Prospect Park South. Prospect Park South is awesome. That's like, a, that's a great neighborhood. It hasn't been like fully discovered yet. It's awesome over there. Mm. You're right by the park. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, God, we, just, we could just like go on and on. I, there, there's so many neighborhoods that I, I really, really do like in Brooklyn. And, and Quite a bit. For anyone who's listening to us on this podcast or watching us on this podcast, what makes people like Melissa special is the passion that they bring to real estate. You know, there are realtors who do this and, and they, they, they understand things from a technical perspective. But when you're working with a Melissa, boy, you get the passion, you get the wisdom, uh, you get everything, it, it, you know, it, and, and you know, most of the, the, what, what I like to tell my clients, they could work with an average Joe or they can work with someone special like you and they're going to pay the same amount of money. 
at the end of the day, if you're a listing, you'll probably pay less though with me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Cause, because, you know, there are people who are great at um, marketing and you're a great marketer, but there are people who are great negotiators. And because you have such an intense understanding of the market, you're able to pick apart a listing in a way that a less experienced agent would just never be able to do. Yeah, I, I mean, thank you so much for saying that. I'm, I am very passionate about this. I love it. Even if I were, wasn't getting paid, I would still do this. Don't say that. Um, because I love it. I know. I know I shouldn't, but I, I do. You know, I really like nerd out on it and stuff. And this is where you live. Like, this is important. You want to love where you live. You should love where you live. You really should, especially if you worked hard your whole life, you should have a special, wonderful home that, that will, you know, you can go to and it will be all the things that you want it to be, whatever those things are. Mm. And you absolutely should have that. And, and it, it truly, it's a privilege to, to, to help people um, find their, you know, their space, their home. You come from, you know. Service. I mean, this is like where all of yeah. your whole life happens. You know, your kids. Like, you could have your kids. Your kids could be born in your home. They'll take their first steps. You know, if you don't have kids, that's where you'll bring your dog after you adopt it, or you know, after you get it from from mm -hmm. wherever you get your dog from. You know, like there's all like all sorts of things. Like some of your life's biggest moments, they're they're in your home. One of the things that differentiates realtors, and I, I, I hear it in, in your tone and your, is a great realtor will help you achieve a realization of what you truly need and mm -hmm. value. And tell me a little bit about that. Give me a story. Tell us a story about someone you recently. Oh, gosh. There's, I mean, I want to think of a really good one. Um, where somebody was just kind of like I'm trying to think of one where someone ended up somewhere totally, totally different. Ah, oh, gosh, let me think. Um, I feel like there's so you want to there's come back so to many this? of those. Yeah, you I mean, back to you this? know, um, well, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, you know, it's important when it's your home. I, I really just, I ask the questions so that you can figure out what it is that you really want and that what's really important to you. And it might not be where you thought that it was. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh my God, I never thought that I would, I never thought I would live in Brooklyn or I never thought I would live on the Upper East Side in a million years, but I love it. This is exactly what I wanted. Um. I love that. That's like very gratifying. And, you know, um, at, at, Melissa, part of it is like you were talking about, let's say someone who has children. Well, mm -hmm. it's important as a realtor and it's important for the buyer to know if you have children, then you want to be near a school. You want to be in a school district that has great schools. If yeah. you've got a dog, well, then you may want to be near a dog run. Right. And, that's right. Um, and if you are working from home, then you need a, a, a space that's conducive for doing a Zoom like mm -hmm. we're doing. But if you're commuting exactly. in New York, mm -hmm. it, 
commuting is just an art, right? You yeah. Are you on the F train? Are you on the that's right IRT? And 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 how are you going to get great, where you want to be? Yeah. So actually, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Um, she's going to buy her first apartment with her husband, and she works in um, Nolita. He he has a car, so he it, his commute isn't really an issue. Um, and we're talking about different neighborhoods in Brooklyn where she wants to be. You know, her budget is a little limited. So I was throwing out other neighborhoods to her that she'd never thought about. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you know, you could live uh, like Prospect Park South. That could be really interesting for her. Um, especially if she's like right by the B or the Q, she could like fly to work so fast and she could get a really great space. And there's parking over there. Like there's garages too, but you can just get street parking over there too. And then she was like, well, you know, somebody told us about living in Bay Ridge. I was like, well, I can tell you because I lived in Bay Ridge for a long time. No, that's a hard no. That will take you an hour to get to work. Also, her husband needs to go to LaGuardia for his job. I was like, that's a nightmare. Like, it's so far. You're all the way on the other side of Brooklyn. That's not where you want to be. I mean, it's beautiful. I can find you something great there. But you're also going to call me in about six months and be like, Melissa, why did you sell this to me? It takes me an hour to get anywhere. So, you know, it's stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, she wants, she needs to be on the Eastern side of Brooklyn. It'll be much easier for her to get mm. and for her husband, for him to get to work. And if she's like, like the B or the Q, if she's on an express train like that, that's great. Or if she's on the F or honestly, like a really good neighborhood for them might be actually Clinton Hill, specifically the Clinton Hill co-ops, because the G is like legit at the end of the block. She could take that to get to any train super fast. She'll get to like Nolita in, let's say like 30 minutes-ish. Totally fine. And he'll be able to get to LaGuardia. He can just hop right on um, the BQE and just like boom, right there. You never get anywhere boom on the BQE, but yeah. I mean, if it's like five in the morning, I'm just sure. teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's a straight shot. How about that? How about yeah. that? Yeah. It's a straight shot. And he's going to bypass that, like, that, like, Brooklyn Heights Dumbo um, congestion. Yeah. So it'll just be like Williamsburg, Greenpoint, boom, you're in Queens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this has been fun. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to compose my thought for a minute. Sure. So l let's cut this. I'll, we'll do okay. a close on this and we'll start all over again. Sure. Sorry. Thank you so much for Melissa for joining us on the Mortgages Made Easy podcast. It is oh, just such you. a thrill to have you on the show, and so much that you shared and the passion that you bring. Wow! I, if you're if you're buying a home in New York City, you can't do better than working with Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Who knows? We're back with Melissa Leifer. And <laughs> Melissa, my question to you is, what's your superpower? Ooh. Mm. Let's see. Um, I feel like I, I feel like like I've got more than one. I mean, not to be like obnoxious and say like, oh, I'm, you know. Um, I would say... I'm really good at getting people what they want. Mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm really good at. I'm really good at 
finding them what they want or getting them, if they're selling, getting them the price they want and, and getting it, you know, getting them what they want, their terms, the right buyer. Um, and I'm, I'm really good at seeing my clients, meaning I'm not, it's not, like, this isn't just a face value transactional kind of a thing. It, there's more depth to it. Like I will see you, who you are and what you want and how I can help you get what you want and in the way that you want it. If it's, you know, if it needs to be something done very, very discreetly, or if it needs to be um, done in a way where, um, you know, there's multiple LLCs purchasing an entity, or if it's getting past an incredibly difficult co-op board, or if you're selling in a building with a very difficult co-op board, how to make sure that you're going to get the right buyer. Um, I've been doing this for 22 years. I've never had a board turned down for one of my sellers. Mm, I'm very, very, very good at making sure that the right person is buying the apartment. Mm. In New York, that's so important because co-op yeah, boards it's, are notoriously difficult. They are. And I think a lot of times they get a really bad rap too. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good things about a co-op. I've lived in co-ops, I've owned them, I've been on my board, and I've lived in condos. And there's something, you know, what's nice about co-ops is everybody that lives there is super, super vetted. You know, you're not going to have any deadbeats living in your building. I mean, you might, but like the chances are pretty slim because everybody needs to be able to afford to live there. Um, and they all, you know. And they have to pass the interview. That's right. So if they're right, they have to, if they're crazy or they're just not right, they're not going to be there. Or like, you you know, they're, I don't know, you know, they're like an ax murderer. They're probably not going to pass the board. One would hope, you know, but they they won't, you know, stuff like that. It's, um, and I think that's really important in vertical living. You know, if you live in a, if you have kids, you want to live in a building where there's lots of children, you know, so that people aren't complaining about, oh, the noise upstairs or somebody running in the hallway, you know, stuff like that. And if you don't, if you don't have kids, then you may not want to live in a building that has a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. You may want to live somewhere that's like really super quiet where you're not going to hear people, you know, pitter pattering down the hallway. And it's the same thing with pets too, you know, or smoking or um, God, like a million and one other things too. So I think that um, they're, you know, they get a little bit of a bad rap. You know, during the financial crisis, there uh, the amount of co-ops that went into foreclosure was like, I I didn't, I don't even know of any that did, to be honest. I'm sure there were, but like, I don't know of any, you know, your asset is protected in a different kind of a way because not everyone is allowed to purchase it. You have to be financially viable to live in some of these buildings Mm -hmm. so that if something happens, you're still going to be able to pay your maintenance and that the rest of the building isn't going to be paying it for you. Mm. And I think there's really something to be said for that. I really do. And you have the expertise to understand the people. And, you know, but because you get an understanding of, let's say, a single person buying a 
co-op and that person may be a work from home person, how their right. needs may be dictated in a different mm -hmm. way. Uh, a single woman might feel safer in a building with a doorman. Uh, somebody who travels a lot may also like a doorman because mm -hmm. they the doorman can take their packages or whatever. And some people don't like a doorman because they feel like it's just like they don't want anybody in their business. You know, mm. they just they just they want like a very like anonymous lifestyle. They don't you know, they don't want to have to be like, hi, how's it going? You know, every time they walk in or out of their building. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, there's like all sorts of reasons for everything, you know. Um, what are you passionate about? Besides selling real estate? Ah. I love so. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. I love, I love, you know, I love, I love the stories of people's homes. I love that. I feel like every home has a story and I love telling that story to other people. I love that. I think that's so fascinating and so interesting. Um, you know, I'm like one of those people that like when I, like when I was a kid and you'd like drive down the street, I would like look into people's houses from the car window to see like, Oh, what does it look like where they live? Like, how do they live? How is it different? Like, what do you think it's like in their house? Like, mm -hmm. what do you think they eat for dinner? And like, what do you think they watch on TV? Do you think it's different than what we watch on TV? Probably. <laughs> Um, it, hopefully they're eating something much better than what we ate because my mom was a terrible cook. Uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that she's blocked. She can't watch this. I, yeah, yeah, she knows. <laughs> she knows. And she, she did pass that uh, trait on to me. So you should never eat anything that I actually cook. I'm a good baker, but I really can't cook anything nutritious at all. Um, it's just, it's not my skill. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love that. Like, I, I just, I love the stories. I love to see what, you know, like what it's like in somebody else's home and all of the things like that happen, you know, it's like watching a movie. You and I love it. So or reading blessed. a novel. It's the same, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Except you're like living it instead of just reading about it or passively receiving images, you know, you're way more involved, which is just so, it's so cool. You and I so are so cool. blessed because in the course of our business, we get to meet wonderful people. Oh, and I we know. get to, so... and we get, to, and some of them uh, become lifelong uh, mm -hmm. relationships. Friends, yeah. We're, we, we've been talking to a client recently who, just because he's so cool and I just get a kick out of talking to him, but I first helped him over 20 years ago. And then he popped oh up God. again last year and we had a, we, we helped him with something. And now he's sort of, he's, uh, he's in his seventies uh, and he's starting to think about retiring and we're having that conversation. Oh my God. And it's, and it's, it just, uh, boy, it just, and, and he's got great stories. So not only do I get mm -hmm. to meet him and, but now through him, I've got to meet all the people in his life. And it just, it's so yeah, it's exciting. Like, isn't it? I know it's like so exciting. Yeah. And then, you know, like your, I have this one set of clients and they bought their first apartment with me. It was like, it was so exciting. And that they had like just gotten married. They just got a dog. And then they, um, then they had a baby. So they had to move. And like, that was really exciting. 
you know, and then like, they're going to have another baby. And then maybe one day I'll get to help their kids find an apartment like that. That's awesome. Yeah. It, That's well, so cool. But I mean, it's such a privilege. It really, it really is. You're really a newbie because you've only been doing this for 22 years. I've been doing it for 35. And so I have actually seen the generations there. Yeah. We, we've, in a couple of instances, we've helped grandparents, parents, kids. Yeah. Um, but it's so but awesome. frequently parents and kids, the parents refer the kids. And, and there's no greater, there's just no greater compliment, right? If somebody refers their, their kid or their mother or their, it's just such a great compliment. It's such a great feeling. And it all comes from the heart that you put into every single transaction. And boy, it just, it just comes through. Your passion comes through, your wisdom. Well, thank you very much. I do, I do feel like this is like, it, you know, this is more of an art form specifically here in the city because, you know, we have co-ops, they're not real property. So it's not, you know, there, this isn't, there's not like a real formula to this. It's, it's not like a black or a white kind of a business. It's just varying shades of gray, really. Mm -hmm. And every situation, even if it's similar, it's always different because the people are different. It's not the same people. So, you know, I, uh, that's what I love. I think that's very, very interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to just sit at a desk all day and I, like, I don't know, I mean, do numbers or, you know, look at a computer screen. Like I, I just, I wouldn't be able to do that. Mm. I need to be like out. You know, one of the things I know, and we've been at conferences together, and I've seen mm -hmm. you at conferences, I know that you're the realtor of choice for so many people across the country. So many realtors across the country refer mm -hmm. their clients to you. Why do you think that's so? Um, well, I, I think I do a really good job. I know, I know my stuff. I know my market. And I know how to get people what they want and, you know, and, and to make them happy. I mean, I want them to be happy about what they're buying. Um, many times, like I, I will literally, look, I'll talk to people, they've got an accepted offer and they're just I'm like, this doesn't like, this doesn't make your heart sing, does it? I don't hear that in your voice. So then don't do it, you know? And you if bring you don't that need integrity. to do it, then don't. Yeah, you have to have yeah, that Yeah, you know, integrity. I don't. You do, yeah, because I never, ever want somebody to call me up and say, I hate this place, Melissa. I hate it here. That would be like, I would, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't be able to sleep. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know what to do. I would, I would, that would like, I, I would feel so, so truly, truly horrible. Um, I really care about my clients. I really do. I really care that they're going to get what they want. Um, and I care that they're getting something that's, um, that's really, that's good. I, I just had somebody who um, really nice guy. I really like him. And he really liked this one apartment and nobody could finance it. The building's financials are really, mm, they're funky. And it was funky in a way that's like, not in a way of like, you know what, you can get on the board and change this. And this might be a really cool opportunity. It was just funky in the way of like, this is not like, if no one's financing this, this, this is, this is something that you should walk away from. And he really wanted to make it work. And I was just like, please just don't. This is not something that you, you don't want to be in a building that's going to have this kind of financial situation. 
for five years because you're not going to be able to sell it. And I'm really excited that he did not buy that and he found something so much better that also has a balcony. And it's one neighborhood where it's very, very difficult to find outdoor space and he has it. So he's very, he's, and this is, it's so much better. Like everything about this is better. And he is more, more excited about this apartment too, which is good because he was really scared. He's like, well, if I don't take this, you know, am I, am I never going to find something? I was like, no, stop. Yeah. There's, There's always wisdom something. to that because, and I get it all the time as well, because we get the financials of those mm -hmm. funky buildings. Right. And sometimes you you, you and you know and there are times that it's easy to get people a mortgage but yeah. you have to look forward and you have to say if i get you right into this apartment now what will happen if the market tightens a little bit that's Would right and what's going to happen in, right in five years yeah right even if you think like no this is where i'm going to die well you know things change and yep. you might want to sell it in five years. Yep. So you need, you know, you need to be prepared. You need to mm -hmm. be prepared. Um, you know, I'm very communicative and responsive with my clients as well. Um, if I can't get back to them. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's just something that's important to me. Like when I, when, you know, when I'm the client, like I just want people to let me know like what's going on, even if there's no news and nothing's happening. I don't know. I just want someone to tell me like, it's okay. Everything's fine. We, we're, we're not going to expect anything for like another week, but you're, I, I know that you want to know, and I'm just reassuring you you're good. We'll know next week, even if it's stuff like that, like, or if I can't speak to somebody immediately, you know, I can at least text them and be like, you know, I'm, I'm free and I can chat at like six o'clock or something like that. Just, just so they know. So they don't think that I'm like, um, ghosting them or something like that. Uh, I try to get back to everybody within about 90 minutes, even if it's just a, a text or an email to say, um, I'm not available until tomorrow. I can, you know, let me know during these times when you're free so that they know I'm, I'm there, even if I, I might not be available at that exact moment. And I, I, you know, I do my best to really let people know what's going on every step of the way, even if there's nothing happening, like literally, you know, um, especially with my sellers and they're like, oh my God, what's happening? You're like, nothing we're just doing the board pack it's just gonna take like you know six weeks and you guys get to just hang out and relax everything's fine and you know i just let them know every week like yeah we're just it's still going waiting for the commitment letter everything's fine everybody's doing what they're supposed to do it's all going fine you get to chill out and wait and relax well, or you know other or or not or like we need this we need this one document immediately this is the time where you need to like, you know, you might need to move heaven and earth. This is the time to do it because we need this one document. Melissa mm. Lifer, it has been such a pleasure having you on the Mortgage Thank Radio you. podcast. A lot of fun. Um, I, I, I just so, so much appreciate your integrity and your passion. And it makes it so much fun to deal with you. Thank you so much. For Thank you. Me. Thank you.